Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to be uh, taking a look at some scriptures in Luke chapter 1, and, and I'll make some comments about them as we go through them, about the birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Uh, in the past couple of podcasts, we took a look at the birth of John the Baptizer, who was the forerunner of Jesus, and and we know that his parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were faithful to God. They were faithful in their service to God, for Zechariah came from... Well, Zechariah and Elizabeth both came through the, the, the lineage of some priests. And so uh, Zechariah was actually doing his priestly duties when the angel Gabriel shows up and says, Hey, you're going to have a child. And he's like, How am I going to have a child? Man, I'm an old man and, and my wife is an old woman. I'm, we're way past those years. And, uh, and so the angel says, Well, hey, since you didn't believe me uh, that I'm from God and this message is from God and that you're going to have a child, you're just not going to be able to talk anymore for nine months until John is actually born. And and that's exactly what happens. When, when John is born, he was able to speak. But for nine months, he had to do hand gestures and, and write on, on a tablet what he needed to say. But what I did in the last podcast was I, I, I wanted to take what Luke said about Elizabeth and Mary. And I contrasted uh, those two women. I compared those two women how they were both faithful to God, but yet how Mary was young and probably wasn't even thinking about having a child at all. She's thinking about, you know, I'm a young lady. Where do I fit into this society? You know, and I'm about to get married soon, so I need to be thinking about, you know, becoming a young woman and, and what it's going to be like to have a home and to be married and to maybe have a child someday. And, you know, then the angel Gabriel pops up and says, hey, you're going to be uh, with child and this child by the way is from God and and uh, he's going to be the savior of the world his name is Emmanuel God with us and you're going to call him Jesus which means God is salvation and and how that compares with Elizabeth who was who loved God and served God for many many years she's an old woman she's past the child bearing ages but yet her desire was to have a child for so long because in her day and time, the women who went childless, uh, uh, Elizabeth even said herself that it was a disgrace because she said, God has removed this disgrace from me when she became pregnant with John. And so you can go back and listen to that podcast and, and, and talk about uh, or hear about the lessons that, that I talked about in the podcast that we can learn from comparing those two women and, and how God, they were faithful to God and how God blessed them both, even though one was uh, young and one was very old. And there's some great lessons that we can learn from Mary and Elizabeth. But today, like I said, I want to talk about the birth of Jesus. And I'm just going to read from Luke 1 some verses. And I want to uh, bring some stuff out from these verses. And in verse uh, Luke chapter 1, verse beginning in verse 26, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Well, there's a whole lot right there just in that one verse because 
Elizabeth is now pregnant. She's been pregnant for six months. So she's out there, right? She's, she's showing. And, and, and John, as a baby, is, is growing inside her womb. And, and it is during the sixth month of her pregnancy. So again, Luke is giving us details. And he's giving us time frames. And so in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sends the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. And here's more detail, a village in Galilee. So Nazareth and Galilee. Uh, the angel Gabriel is the same angel that was sent to Zechariah when uh, the announcement of John the Baptizer's birth was made. It's the same, it's the same angel, Gabriel. And he, this time he sent not to an old woman, but to a very young, very young, probably a teenager, 12, 13 years old, somewhere around in that age range, named Mary, who lives in a village uh, in Nazareth, in Galilee. And she was a virgin. Now, a lot of people have a lot of issues with Mary being a virgin and, and being pregnant. It's very well possible today because of artis, artificial insemination. But you didn't, you know, all this technology that we have today, a woman can get pregnant without having sex. But that, that did not happen when the Bible was written. Uh, this is what, 2,000 years ago, there was, there was no impossible or there is no possible way a, a, a young girl who was a virgin could get pregnant unless it was God. And if you read Matthew's account of the genealogy of Jesus, what you will see is where Matthew talks about Jesus belonging to Mary. It says, of whom belongs to Mary, and that of whom is feminine singular, meaning that Jesus belonged to Mary, but he did not belong to Joseph because Joseph was not his father. He did not supply the sperm to produce a baby uh, in Mary's egg. It, that's not how it happened. It, it's basically artificial insemination, but it happened 2,000 years ago, and it happened with God, and it happened through the power of the Holy Spirit. This girl was a virgin, and she becomes pregnant. And what happens is Joseph, even he has a major or uh, issue with it because he's fixed to marry this girl, and and she pops up pregnant. So in his mind, hey, this girl's cheated on me. I got I've got to let her go. I'm giving her, giving her a writing of divorcement. And it took God sending an angel to Joseph saying, hey, now this dude, this is legit. This is from God. This is what's going on. Don't don't put her away. But you marry her, and you, and and you take care of her, and you take care of this baby because this baby is from God. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God in the flesh. And God just happened to choose your uh, soon-to-be wife as the vessel to have this child. And, and, and what a, an amazing thing that that has happened to Mary. And she's going to expand on that here in just a in just a few uh, a few verses down and we'll get to it here in just a little bit so this angel comes to this virgin child teenager named mary and she was engaged to that's what the new living translation 
says she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So it's just like the prophecies say that the Messiah would come through the lineage of David. Uh, I believe it's in Acts 2 when Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost. He talks about uh, the Messiah sitting on the throne of David. And, and, and that's what the people were thinking and looking for. They were looking for this guy who was going to be born. And he was going to be born into royalty because he's coming through the lineage of David. And he's going to sit on David's throne. And he's going to be so powerful. And he's going to defeat this Roman government. And he's going to, he's going to deliver the, the Jews from the Roman oppression. But that's not, that's not how it happened at all. Because it was, the prophets were talking about a spiritual throne because Jesus sits at God's right hand in the throne in heaven, not on an earthly throne. And that's what Peter says in, in Acts chapter 2, that he is sitting on the throne of David, that he is ruling and reigning, just like the prophets said. And, and so he, he, he points out that Joseph is a descendant of King David. And Gabriel, verse 28, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And confused and disturbed as who wouldn't be. I mean, first of all, an angel just pops up out of nowhere and has a conversation with you. That's, that would be frightful enough. But then he says, uh, that, uh, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And so he's, she's trying to figure out what he's talking about. This angel's talking about, and the angel says, Gabriel says, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, which is, by the way, the, the name Joshua in the Old Testament means God is salvation, Yeshua, which is where we get the name Jesus. God is salvation. You will, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, Yeshua, God is salvation. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. There it is. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And that, that's, that's exactly what I was just talking about. And how Peter talks about, in Acts chapter 2, how Jesus sits on the throne of David. And this is what the angel tells Mary. God is going to give him the throne of his ancestor David. It's not a literal throne. He's not going to be born and he's not going to be raised and become a man to sit on a literal throne and rule over Israel. That's not how it was going to happen. But, you know, I could see how they would think that in their minds. But he says he will reign over Israel, which God does. Israel is, is, is the apple of God's eye. The Jews are God's chosen people of the Old Testament. Now, anybody who comes to Christ and is washed in the blood of Jesus Christ is now a children of Abraham, which is also a child of God. And so God reigns over us as his people, just like he reigns over Israel. And that's what the angel says. And he will reign over Israel, how long? Forever. Forever. Because the kingdom will never end. And, and, and look, his kingdom started 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. And, and those 12 men went out in the power of the Holy Spirit and they preached that the kingdom is here. 
that, that Jesus has died and was buried for three days and was resurrected and is now alive and he ascended back to the Father. The kingdom started and it has taken off and it is still going today. God is still calling people into the kingdom. People are still accepting the gospel message. They're being baptized for their remission of their sins. Their sins are being forgiven. They're being added to God's uh, uh, kingdom. Their, their names are being written in the book of life. They're being transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, even to this day. And it continues to go, and it will continue to go even when God decides to end all this stuff. And, and, and the earth is burned up, and First or Second Peter talks about that, and, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. We who are washed in the blood of Jesus are a part of his kingdom, and we will be with him forever for eternity isn't that awesome to think about and mary asked the angel but how can this happen i am a virgin well that, that's a great question to ask if you're married first of all you're having a discussion with an angel which is awesome and and this angel is telling you you're going to be pregnant but i know you're not married yet and that's the reason why we're coming to you because you're serving god and you're faithful to god and you have been you have found favor in God's eyes, and God has chosen you to uh, become pregnant and have this child who will reign over his people Israel and his kingdom for eternity. And Mary's like, I don't know a man. I'm only betrothed to be married. I'm not actually married. I haven't had sex yet. I am a virgin. So how is this going to happen? Because this was 2,000 years ago. It, you know, Today, it's no big deal. This can happen. Like I said earlier, through artificial insemination, a, a, a virgin can, can get pregnant and give birth. But that was unheard of 2,000 years ago, back when the angel was talking to Mary. When we come back from break, we'll dig more into Luke chapter 1. We'll be right back. How many times you have you been burned by someone who says they love you? You know, it just hurts to the core of your being, doesn't it? It it just it, it like it's become so hard to trust people once that happens. You know, our trust has literally been shattered and when someone says the words trust me, we're like, yeah, I've heard those words before. But you know what God wants us to do? Trust him. He literally says that over and over again throughout his word. But I want to encourage you to read Psalm 37 and you will see that message very clear. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. So maybe you're asking, how can I trust God when my trust has been shattered? Because God never fails. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, Paul writes, God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. We can trust Him. So Mary asked the angel, Rightly so. How is this going to happen? How am I going to have a child when I'm not even married and I haven't had sex yet? And so the, she's like, how is this going to happen? And I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For Get this. Love what the angel says here. For nothing is impossible with God. Folks, we either believe that or we don't. Nothing is impossible with God. He wasn't saying that about Mary becoming pregnant and being uh, 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 becoming pregnant even though she's a virgin. He says that after saying or talking about Elizabeth being pregnant in her old age. Because people used to say that she was barren. They made fun of her. That's why Elizabeth said it was a disgrace. Because she says, now God has taken this disgrace from me. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Not even an old woman who is way past childbearing age to have a baby 2,000 years ago. It's possible today because we have all this technology. But 2,000 years ago, it took a miracle from God. And that's exactly what happened. And Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So here's another contrast. When the angel came to Zechariah, who has followed God for a long time, and he has been in service to God in the temple, doing his priestly duties, and the angel comes, Gabriel comes, and announces the birth of John the Baptist, Zechariah doubted. He doubted the angel. And the angel said, because you don't believe what I'm saying, that I am from God, and this message is from God, you're not going to be able to talk for nine months until the birth of your son. Here's Mary new to life basically a young teenage girl faithful to god not married never has sex she is a virgin the angel pops up she's kind of freaking out at first and he says hey fear not you're you're a you're a uh, you're an awesome woman you've been you're highly favored with god and god has chosen you for this special special moment that uh he is gonna uh, uh, give you a child even though you're a virgin He's going to give you a child, and that child is going to be the Savior of the world. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us, God in the flesh. And you're going to call his name Jesus, which means God is salvation. And how did Mary respond? She didn't, she didn't respond like Zechariah. Zechariah responded with doubt. Mary responds with faith. She did ask the question, how can these things be when I'm a virgin? I've never had sex. How can I get pregnant? And so the angel gives her, uh, tells her how it's going to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he gives her an example. You know, your, your cousin Elizabeth, you know, she can't have a child because she's an old lady and she's way past the, the years of bearing a child. She can't even produce an egg anymore for the sperm to germinate with to have a baby. But, 
Nothing is impossible with God because she is now six. See, Mary didn't even know until the angel told her that Elizabeth is now six months prego, that she has John the baptizer in her womb, growing as a baby inside of her. And nothing, he says, is impossible with God. And Mary responded by faith. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Luke says, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. And she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the, at, you got to remember uh, what Luke said earlier, that Elizabeth was in seclusion. When she found out that she was pregnant with John the baptizer, that she basically went into hiding for about five to six months. And now six months has passed, and this angel showed up to Mary, and his, Mary has been told about Elizabeth being pregnant and that she's six months pregnant. Mary, as soon as she gets the opportunity, takes off to where uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth live. And at the and, and get this, at the... As she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth, verse 41, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, all, Mary knocks on the door, they let her in, and when she goes into the house, Elizabeth greets her, and the child inside Elizabeth's belly, John the baptizer, leaped for joy. Just at the sound of Mary's greeting, it leaped within her, and Elizabeth herself was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. How did Mary, or how did Elizabeth know Mary was pregnant with Jesus? And look how fast that it happened. Only a few days had passed from the announcement of, uh, of Jesus' birth to Mary. And she goes and she visits Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit just from the presence of Mary having Jesus in her womb. And it's only been a few days, which debunks any kind of argument that people can come up with that that have these abortions that say that the that is not a baby it's only a fetus or they call it whatever and they try to they come up with all these rules and all these sayings to to soothe their conscience saying that it is not a baby look the angel had just left mary it's only been a few days and here is mary popping in at zachariah and elizabeth's house and just at the sound of Mary's voice giving her greeting to Elizabeth, John the baptizer, who is six months old inside Elizabeth's womb, leaps for joy. And Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because of Jesus. Because he was a baby just within a few days of conception. There's no excuse. You can't soothe your conscience by making up lies. You can, but they're false. They're false.
Jeremiah said, You knew me before I ever entered into my mother's womb. There's no excuse for killing babies, period. But I'm not getting political today. I'm reading Bible scriptures. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. In other words, Mary, you've been faithful to God, and, and you believed the angel. You believed God would do what he said. Here's my question. How did Elizabeth even know that Mary was pregnant? That's a miracle in itself because she just showed up at her house and she comes inside. The baby, John the baptizer, is leaping for joy. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And and how did she know that, that Mary was even pregnant with Jesus? It doesn't say that the angel told her about it or anything. It's a miracle in itself. And then we have what they call the Magnificent. It's Mary's song of praise. And Mary says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Boy, she's going way back to Abraham. But she's saying it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And she's saying God is faithful and he remembers us, his people. And then in verse 56, it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her home. Something I want to point out before we close this podcast is this. It's what Mary said in verse 56. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her home. If we couple this with what the angel says in verse 36, that Elizabeth was six months pregnant, that would mean that Mary left after the angel gave her the announcement about her pregnancy, stayed with Elizabeth up until it was time for her to give birth, which would be about three months, right? Because she's already six months pregnant. She's there for about three months, nine months. So it's, it's going to be about the time for John the baptizer, to be born. And so Mary returns to her home. So here's the deal. She was gone from her home for three months. And so in three months, a woman will begin to show. You would be able to notice that baby bump at three, at three months. From Matthew's version of this story, we know that the angel told Joseph about the pregnancy because he was going to divorce her before the marriage ever got started because he thought she had cheated on him. Why did, she, why did Joseph think that she had cheated on him? 
More than likely, it's because of that baby bump when she returned from visiting Elizabeth and Joseph was like, what's up with that? What, what, what's, what's going on with your stomach? What's that bump all about? And Mary says, oh, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm having God's baby. <laughs> and like I said earlier, nothing like this has ever happened in history. And if you think about it, at that period of time, nothing like this has ever happened. And here she is showing up with a baby bump telling her a soon-to-be husband that she's a spouse that, that she is a betrothed to. Hey, I'm pregnant, and this is God's child, and He's going to be the Savior of the world. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, it it took a visitation from an angel to convince Joseph that 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 what Mary is saying is true. And you know, I don't blame him. I mean, any person, any man in their right mind, if their wife or their their uh, uh, their girlfriend or uh, the person they're engaged to uh, shows up one day and she's three months pregnant and you haven't had sex and she's supposed to be a virgin, uh, you would be scratching your head saying, what's this all about? You done cheated on me, right? So... Luke picks up with the birth of Jesus in the next chapter, and we'll see that Joseph trusted God. We can learn a lot of lessons from Joseph. He was a righteous man from the lineage of David. He ends up marrying Mary, and they go, uh, they go on to have other sons and daughters because Matthew tells us in Matthew 13, 55, that Jesus had four brothers. He even gives us their names, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And in the ne very next verse, in verse 56, he tells us that Jesus had sisters, because he says all his sisters live right here among us. All, meaning that he had more than one. He had at least two, maybe three or four, like the brothers. But this gives us a bit of insight into what Jesus' childhood and home life would be like. Because you know, many of you have grown up with siblings. And it also shows how normal Jesus' life was up until the time he started his ministry at the age of 30. You know, all this stuff about, you've probably heard about Jesus making a dove out of the mud and breathing on it and throwing it up in the air and it comes to life. All that's hogwash because his ministry didn't start until he was 30 years old. And the very first miracle that he did was John chapter 2 when he turned the water into wine. Jesus was God in the flesh, but growing up, he was just like everybody else, just like any other kid. But when it came time to start his ministry, he was totally focused, and his focus was the cross because he knew that he had to die on the cross and shed his blood on that cross, as innocent as he was, so that our sins could be washed whiter than snow, that our sins could be forgiven. And he would be, after that, he would die on that cross, he would be placed in a tomb for three days, and on the third day, on that Sunday morning, when the sun began to come up, Mary goes to visit the tomb and discovers that the stone had been rolled away and the tomb is empty. The grave clothes are there, but Jesus' body is gone. And Mary turns around and she's having a conversation with angels. She turns around and she's having a conversation with Jesus himself, but she didn't recognize it was Jesus. But he was alive and he is alive and he is alive today. And he is sitting on the God's throne at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for his people. In other words, those who have called on the name of Jesus to be saved, those who are washed in his blood, those who have been baptized for the remission of their sins, 
like me, we're on our way to heaven to one day see Jesus face to face and spend eternity with Him, forever thanking Him for what He has done for us. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you choose not to, and you may die, and, and, and you may choose to die, that's your choice to reject Jesus or accept Jesus. But if you reject Jesus and you die unsaved, never having your sins washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, guess what? You too will see Jesus face to face. You will bow your knee. And the Bible says you will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But the difference between you and me or those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ is that God will say, or Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me because I don't have a relationship with you. So you got to go from my presence. And you will be banned for eternity, never to have a second chance. And you will spend eternity wishing that you had because hell is a terrible place and Satan is going to be a rough dude to deal with for eternity. Why not give your life to Jesus Christ? Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, God is salvation and he wants to save you today. Why not give your life to him today? Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Today. God bless you and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.